Hello, friends, and welcome back to the show. I am so glad you're joining me for another episode of Owning Your Legacy. I am so excited about today's episode. I know you're going to love it. But before I get into all things egg life, I just wanted to thank you for being here. I am your host, Lorette Rondonet, founder and CEO of Edlong, a global food flavorings company based in Greater Chicago. Today's guest is Andrea Schwenk, Chief Marketing Officer at Egg Life Foods. If you're not familiar with Egg Life, you need to be. The brand has a cult-like following, especially in the keto and paleo worlds, and is known for its grain-free, gluten-free, dairy-free egg white tortilla alternative. Joining us is Denise Center, the Chief Commercial Officer at Edmond. Denise joined our team in the summer of last year and brings decades of marketing experience across various industries, primarily the tech space. We discuss the unique story of how Egg Life came to be, where it is now and where it is headed, and the importance of innovation at both the macro and micro level, why it matters in the food industry, and how to lead and inspire innovation within our teams. I hope you enjoy this episode of Owning Your Legacy. Hi, ladies. Hello. And welcome to our episode of Owning Your Legacy. Thank you so much for both being here. And can you take a few minutes and introduce yourselves? Yeah. I'm Andrea Schwenk. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at Egg Life Foods. Nice. And I'm Denise Center, and I have recently joined Edlong as Chief Commercial Officer. Very excited to be a part of this. Yes, my two marketing gurus here. Yeah. I lo- and I love, I love marketing, it. so this is going to be a great conversation. Yeah. yeah. So, Andrea, can you tell us a little bit about your story and what brought you to Egg Life? Yeah, so I've always been passionate about food and beverage. It's something that's been a thread throughout really my whole life. Um, many of my fondest memories are around food. I love how food connects people. Love that. Yeah, yeah. it's so true. It's just, it's something that, you know, we celebrate with, we comfort each other with, and it's just always been something that I've been personally passionate about. And when I was in college, I thought that it was just going to be a hobby. Like, I didn't really understand the food industry and all of the different opportunities that you can create for yourself in the food industry. And I thought I wanted to be an architect. Ooh. And wow. yeah, I went to That's Iowa State. <laughs> yeah. I went to Iowa State University. They have a great architecture program. And I lasted six months. I called my mom and was like, this is architecture. I hate it. Architecture. Very torture. funny. It's good work. Like, change your major. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a good idea. And I ended up in the communications um, department. And I kind of made my way into marketing and now looking back on my career and thinking about, you know, what was it that drew me to architecture and then how did I end up in marketing? It really was this blend of art and science. Oof. And when I think about marketing, you know, it's not dissimilar to architecture in that, you know, if you're building a building, it can't just be beautiful. It needs to serve a purpose. Yes. And that's how I look at marketing. You know, you can't just make, um, you know, communications that are beautiful they need to make people feel something and they need to have some sort of purpose and ultimately you know serve serve you in selling a product or or changing a consumer behavior right yeah. and talk about some of the brands you've worked for before Egg Life that yeah. are really interesting too. Yeah, I cut my teeth working on Burger King, uh, which was a really fun brand yeah. like as a marketer. It's such a dream a dream brand to work on. And um, then I worked for Beam Suntory and I worked on the Skinny Girl Cocktails brand. Did you meet her? Did you meet her? Oh, yes. I met Bethany many times. <laughs> um, you probably can find a clip on me on, of YouTube somewhere um, cool. being on the show at some point. Um, 
and then I ended up at Buffalo Wild Wings. And you know, throughout my career, I've always worked on food and beverage, but I worked on a lot of brands that were fried food and booze and things that maybe taste good and are fun, but didn't an escape make even. Me right. Right. We need those too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I was fortunate after I had my son to take some time off and think about, you know, what do I really want to do next? And, you know, what is the legacy that I want to leave to myself and, and to the world and to my family? And um, I really was drawn to the better for you food space. I knew I wanted That's to stay great. in food, but how could I do something that I could feel good about feeding myself, feeding yeah. my family and feeding the world? And right. um Egg Life was such a unique opportunity in that I could not only build a brand, but build a company at the same time and really be part of the foundational team um, that could take this thing and really propel it forward. And so that was a lot of what really drew me to Egg Life in particular. I love that. That's great. So Denise, tell us a little bit about your story. Wow. Interesting. I mean, I, I will say when it comes to coming to the food industry, I started very early at the beginning of my career because I was working my way through school in in the restaurant industry. But really, food the food industry has not been a big part of my career. I have spent most of my career in technology and really working um, primarily in the B2B technology okay. space. So for me, the food thing became very real for me. I had gone through a couple of years just really working very, very intensely to make partner in a management consulting firm. And that was a lot. And when I moved back to the Bay Area, I was based here in Chicago, when I moved back to the Bay Area, a young woman who had lived with me for a year here um, in Chicago gave me as a gift, thanking me for staying with me, um, a plot in a community garden. No way. And I started, that was her gift to me, and that got me started gardening. Before that, I didn't cook. I didn't do anything. I mean, food, I think, as you said, food is really, really important in everyone's life, Mm -hmm. right? And, And is a way of connecting, does bring the ability to feel loved or neglected, Mm -hmm. to feel, you know. Seen. Yes. As we love your We love your your comment about that. That was really amazing. So, so, you know, my journey has been, you know, I, I moved very rapidly in my career very early on and, and have lived and worked all over the world and, um, was very, very found the, the, the idea of advising Edlong very compelling because of the food industry and a real desire to, to be more engaged in that because I think that, you know, food and water are things that are going to make a big impact no matter when and where you are. Totally. So, I love that. Yeah. I love the art and science comment that you made. Yeah. And we say that at Edlong too about flavors. Mm-hmm. And it's so true that many kids, you know, and parents hopefully listening, they don't think of the food industry as art and science. Oh, yeah. Right. And they don't know so many of the opportunities that are available. Flavorists are very few and far between. Yeah. Really hard to find great flavorists. And they're almost like chefs mm-hmm. and really creative. So I always tell, we do a lot of stuff with kids in STEM and yeah. go be a flavorist. You can make six digits easily. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, and it's fun. I think it's really fun to taste stuff and For sure. compare stuff and, 
And yeah. it's such a game changer. I mean, I, having worked for several companies in, in, in flavor, it's hard work. It is. And, but it is such a differentiator in your product when you have really good flavor. Like, right. The consumer just, they just taste, right? But what goes into that product is so important. It right. Really the development is. process oh. is so fun, though. Mm-hmm. And the collaboration yeah. and the development oh, process yeah. is our favorite part of it. When you get people around the table and, and really brainstorming and creating. Yeah. yeah. And then you see it on the shelf and you're like, that, I mean, you've had a lot we of products it. on the shelf. So yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. Seeing it come to life is, just, that's the best part. So talk about the different brands, like compare the other brands to Egg Life. I mean, each brand that I've worked on has been so unique. Um, you know, the Skinny Girl Cocktails brand was really fun because it was such a pioneer in the better for you alcohol space, yes. which like seems a little bit odd. <clears throat> but and it seems so natural. Like I love a margarita. Mm-hmm. I follow, try to follow the best I can, like Atkins Keto, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, and so when that came out, I'm like, this is brilliant. Yeah. And that's what everybody said. They're like, this idea is so brilliant. Or, and even Bethany would say like, it's, it's so, it's so simple and stupid, but it, it was so brilliant and yes. game changing in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, cause people were making like skinny margaritas, but nobody had made something that was bottled and ready to, right. ready right. to consume and was just easy. Just open and pour it over ice. Um, but really thinking about that was re- got me thinking about like the better for you space and you know how do you make a simple swap yes, and right. how do you feel like you're not sacrificing to eat better and eat healthier um, and then you know working at Buffalo Wild Wings was was fun it was it was we were building an experience brand whenever I would tell people that I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings yeah. inevitably it was followed with I love B-dubs and then they would share some story about how they were at a Buffalo Wild Wings for a key sports moment whether right. it's you know I was at B-dubs when the Blackhawks won that's awesome the, yeah. you know won the cup or I was at B-dubs when the Cubs won the World Series and they would just light up with excitement because yeah. they had this connection to the brand. I always think Buffalo Wild Wings, having been divorced, it's a great <laughs> place for dads and sons totally. to hang out. Yeah. So my yeah. ex-husband lived in Naperville. I live in St. Charles. So it was yeah. like 40 minutes for him to get out to see the boys. And they were at Buffalo Wild Wings Monday yeah. and Tuesdays, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> all the time. It's a great place to hang out. And um, so that was fun. And you know now working at Egg Life, I would have never imagined the passion and the visceral reaction that people have to an egg white tortilla. Yeah, but like you know, even earlier today, hearing Gail, she was talking about. Um, I think it was Gail that said, you know, it's a game changer, it and um, like we hear that from consumers all the time. And it's again simple. Yeah, it's, simple is yeah. the brilliance, right? Yeah. I was telling you real quickly before we started chatting today that my son, who is a big guy and he's always been a big guy and was working with a coach and a nutritionist this summer and made me find Egg Life wraps like, you got to find these mom. And it was the game changer for him. Yes. And I'm like, these are awesome. Thank you. Really? They're yeah. awesome. Yeah. And it really does help because when you do try to do Atkins, there's nothing, or keto, I guess is more mm-hmm. the yeah. politically correct way to say it these days, but yeah. there's, and it does seem like so simple. Yeah. That we need substitutes for these types of things and to feel seen. We should mm-hmm. talk about the feeling yeah, seen. Yeah, we should really talk yeah. about that. And I think that um, you've said a few things around marketing needing to connect and make you feel, feeling yeah. seen. You're in a space that's really competitive. Mm-hmm. 
So how are you connecting and really m- making egg life stand out and, and creating this sort of community, if you will, with your consumer? Yeah, I think for us, the biggest thing is authenticity and transparency. Like, I love that. We I love that. are so, and I'm fortunate because we're building something from scratch. Like we don't yeah. have a lot of pre-existing um, awareness of the brand or things that we're trying to combat or, you know, a brand that we're trying to, you know, change perceptions of, we're creating perceptions. Right. Um, which is a challenge in and of itself, but we're starting from scratch. And so I think being very true to who we are, um, saying what we mean and meaning what we say and being really, really focused um, on telling an authentic story, I think is first and foremost the thing that I try to hold really near and dear to me. And then transparency. I mean, the amount of information, the access to information that consumers have today, like you can, yeah, it's find, crazy. You can find anything yeah. that you need, you know, and there's, there's no hiding from consumers. Right. Um, if you try, they will find out. And um, so for us, it's about being transparent about what we put in our product and and being transparent that we're a startup. We make mistakes. Absolutely. And that's okay. Like, Absolutely. For the most part, I like to think consumers have a good experience with our brand. But there are times when we screw up and a consumer may not have a perfect experience with right. egg life. And it's what we do to make it right with them yes. that matters. And so yes. we always try to make it right. Um, we admit, you know, when we've done something wrong and we never try to hide from that. We'll never try to, you know, uh, delete a conversation from social or like anything right. like that. Like it is what it is. It's yeah. part of our legacy and our yeah. heritage and it's how we react to that that matters. Yeah, I think that's... And that's how you build loyalty. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have a consumer have a bad experience, but if you handle it well, you might have them forever. That's totally. right. And they might tell 10 people about that yes. because it was how you handled that yep. that then gave them a connection point and a moment you know, to be able to share with others. I like your point on startup. So talk a little bit about yeah. the struggles, trials and tribulations <laughs> of startup. Yeah, I have never worked for a startup before. So and I never will again. No, <laughs> no, I actually don't think I ever will not. Again. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. I love it. I have always worked for big established companies, inherited teams, and this is the first time where I get to build a company, a brand, and a team from the ground up. Beautiful. And think about, like, I kind of go back to my passion for architecture. Like, I'm the architect of this team. Right. And I'm determining what the purpose needs to be based on the goals and objectives of the organization. And, you know, what do I need to build to support that need? And I've never been more fulfilled in my career than I am now seeing the fruits of my labor and the team that I've hired and seeing them succeed is by far the most rewarding thing I've ever done. That's beautiful. That's an interesting, because I've spent most of my career in very early stage companies. And so, and, and, you know, based out of Silicon Valley for a big part of it, I think for me, the big thing is how do you bring that spirit into an established Mm -hmm. company. I had the benefit of starting my career in a very big company that that had this concept that they called entrepreneurship, which has been picked up um, since then. But um, we pitched ideas, we got in, and then we kind of incubated and did some things like that. So it really set me up for that. But I think that it is a really incredible experience that I think everyone needs. Mm -hmm. I do know that you can bring that in. And in our industry, 
innovation is a really incredibly important right. thing and and that sort of innovative spirit and and finding ways to bring those innovation projects to life and bring teams together so that they almost get that startup feeling, I think is really important. It doesn't give you necessarily the opportunity to be the architect of a team, um, but it does give you the opportunity to, to be a really critical architect of a solution. And I think that that's a, there's real value in that experience because you you learn more in a shorter period of time mm-hmm. than in any other experience. And, you know, that that was what I found for me was mm-hmm. true. What have you found, like, in creating that type of culture at a big organization? Like, what are the biggest roadblocks that you've encountered in doing that? Habit, habit, bias, you know, mm-hmm. this is the way we've done it. Yeah. Change is hard for people, I think. Yeah. Um and and so, but I do think that once you get that spark in there, sometimes you got to bring in some fresh, mm-hmm. you know, energy and and yes. people. Um, one thing that I think is really unique about Edlong is that it is a very diverse place, and it's diverse in a lot of ways, not just ethnically diverse, but diverse and you know, gender diversity, obviously, with a. Yeah, mm-hmm. female CEO and and I mean, for the first time in my life, I'm on a an executive team that is mostly women. Awesome. It's never happened before, and we didn't do that by right. design, right? But, but I it's will say, it's interesting how it happened organically. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. But the other thing is that there's age diversity in the yes. company, and that makes that a brings big, diversity of thought. I believe it really does in a good it way. It really does. So I think that that you know, kind of bringing that in there, you run into those those roadblocks of of people feeling stuck in the way or or being afraid of change. And I think really you have to be willing to have really honest conversations, really yeah. practice radical candor and say, this is what I see happening here. And I get it. Yes. It's scary. But especially when yeah. you're at- yeah. A culture that's very kind. Yeah. And we talk about that, that yeah. kind isn't always kind. Uh-huh. That's a really hard change. It yeah. is. So how has it been with creating your team? Talk about some of, of that because it's all yeah. about the people, right? And the oh, culture is the, the most important thing. Yeah, and we have been maniacally focused on hiring the right people. That's even if great. it means that we have open roles for a while yeah. until we right. find them. How do you know they're the right people? I think that is the biggest challenge. Yes. The question you asked, Denise, yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking when uh-huh. you asked her that. I'm thinking yeah. it's the people and getting those right people. And we've made mistakes. Of um, course. But 80-20 and you're good. Totally. And <laughs> you have to be willing, honestly, to pull the plug quickly and recognize when you made oh, a bad yeah. decision that is and the big move on. Thing. That's the biggest learning, and it took mm-hmm. me a long time to learn, and I'm getting better and better at it, yeah. but it's... It is so true. You're not going to change someone. No, you're right. not. And we talk a lot at Egg Life about the what and the how of someone. And you know, the what is it's easy to see. It's on their resume. It's the experience that they bring to the table. But equally important is their how. Oh, what right. are their More values? Even I would say, yeah. Right. What are their values? Yeah. And, you know, how do they show up? What motivates them? How are they going to work cross functionally with other people? And like as I'm building a team, I think about them as a team. Yeah. What is the role that each person plays? How do they interact cross functionally? 
what gaps do I have as a leader that I need to fill? Because I'm not great at everything. Yeah. Oh no! And yeah. I need to hire people that are experts in specific areas in order to build a high performing team. And so, like the analogy that I think about when I'm interviewing someone is, I'm having a dinner party, mm-hmm. and you're going to be seated at the table along with the rest of the Egg Life family at the table. Right. And are you going to make this dinner party better, or are you going to be the person that nobody wants to sit next to? Oh, like, yeah. And you don't have to be the life of the party, but you need to somehow contribute and make it better. Right. So do you use, I had kind of two questions. say that too. Do you use any kind of an assessment or something, you know, strengths, finders, six geniuses, working genius? currently. And we're actually talking about, you know, whether or not we should. And, you know, as we grow as an organization, we've been fortunate in that we're small. Yeah. And we've just been like very much on the same page Mm -hmm. as a leadership team. But it is something we're considering as we grow and scale because it becomes harder and harder. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, when we were even, you know, rewind six months to a year ago, all of us on our leadership team were pretty much interviewing every candidate that came into Egg Life. And like, at least as a final interview. And now we're big enough that there are all these people that I've never met, you know, until after we've hired them. I know. I have the same feeling when I, we have picnics and such. And I'm like, I don't know these people. I like knowing everybody and knowing their names and knowing their kids' names. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's. And it's worth it. I mean, to work at that, to keep that going, totally. But so you we have, to have definitely control. some um, yeah. suggestions and ideas for what we've used as yeah, far as. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, we the, one of the last podcasts um, that just aired was with Sarah Carr Evans, and she's an industrial psychologist that we use. Love it. Interesting stuff, and she gets to the what motivates people. Love that. Right. It's, uh, yeah. Really and then she great does the stuff. team thing and lays us out as a team. And I totally hear you. I am not good at details. I am. I am the visionary, and it's my integrator over there. And yep. if I didn't yeah. have that, I'd be lost. Totally. Yep. It was a game changer to figure that out. That that was really in my way for a long time. Yeah. Like, really? Why can we not execute? Because I was in the way. Totally. And it, <laughs> it takes the emotional maturity to recognize where your gaps are and say, right. like, I'm not great at this, and I need people around me that are great at those yeah. things. Right. And together we're better as yeah. a team. And we yeah. talk about that. Um, delegate to elevate. I probably mm-hmm. mentioned this on almost every podcast, but it is so critical. Especially as a working mom, yes, that is huge. You gotta, you know, where does the value come from, and what's not value add? Yeah, totally. And, and you, somebody loves that other job 100%. that we hate. So, hundred percent. We all only get twenty four hours in a day. That's yeah. good to remember like too. It is somebody lady. loves that. Yes, <laughs> she needs to delegate. It's true. Yeah, so true. It is. It is true. So let's talk about innovation. Yeah. And I think it is, you were mentioning in our industry, in the food industry, it's huge. But with supply chain issues, with a lot of what's going on in the economy, the big CPGs are not innovating. Mm -hmm. And I get it. They got to focus on the bread and butter and what's happening. But being in a startup, you have the benefit of Mm -hmm. being able to innovate, which has got to be pretty cool. Yeah. We do. And innovation is, I mean, it's core to who we are. I mean, our sure. product in and of itself is an innovation. Um, we have IP around like how he created our wraps. And, um, you know, when our CEO came into the organization, there was too much innovation going on. Yes. And the company wasn't focused. Commercializing and getting, yeah. The, yeah that. And so we've been maniacally focused on building the brand around our wraps product first and foremost. Interesting. And, when I think Wise. about our yeah our innovation strategy, because we're a new brand in a we're creating a category. I mean, the category of egg white tortillas yeah, like n- does, does not exist, exist, right? We are an <laughs> N of one, 
And more often than not, you'll find us in the eggs or shredded cheese section of the grocery store. So we're not even around like analogous products that can help establish what the heck an egg life wrap even is. Right. And so it takes a ton of education and communication to even get to the point of explaining what egg life is in the first place. And so we said, hey, time out. We're going to build the brand on wraps as our singular product, but we'll innovate with flavor. We'll innovate with We love that. We love hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you might need some cheese. We can help you. Yeah, Yeah. we can. (laughs) Um, And so thinking about- No pressure, Andrea. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But thinking about, you know, how we continue to- capture additional occasions and, yeah. and usage opportunities with our consumers. Your website is beautiful. Oh, thank you. And I loved the recipe section. Yeah, that's that is very smart. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. When I I even before I joined the company did not appreciate the versatility of the product that Peggy had created. Um, seeing what our consumers do with our wraps that aren't even possible with a tortilla is mm-hmm. fascinating. They cut them up and boil them and make noodles in chicken noodle soup. Oh, they wow. make fettuccine alfredo. They cut them up and make chips, lasagna, peanut butter, and like a Nutella yes. with the bananas. I'm like, oh, that yeah. looks really good. So good because the original. It's like a dessert there. You can have dessert. You don't have to feel guilty about it. And mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, innovation within flavor and packaging and all that sure. within our wraps mm-hmm. is kind of, I think about innovation in concentric circles. So wraps is kind of the core of that. And then it'll be, you know, what could we do with our wraps in creative and innovative ways? And then we'll go into other products and yeah. categories and continue to disrupt legacy flour-based categories and mm-hmm. products with eggs, using eggs as mm-hmm. the replacement for flour. That's really cool. Yeah. Tell me about the um like the ownership. So the mm-hmm. original there was the original woman that came up with that. Yeah. Did, is she still oh she's still part of it? She is. She's on our board of directors. Yeah. Okay. So Peggy okay. works for uh, Roseacre Farms, who's our parent company. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So did she end up selling to that? Is that like how it went? She's or? an employee of Roseacres and is still an employee of Roseacres. Okay. She's worked in the egg industry for 30 plus years and she continues to be a Roseacres employee. Today. And so this is kind of an interesting yeah, thing. Interesting. So did the concept start with her as an employee and then was spun out? It did, yeah. So and you guys are operating as a as an independent entity? Mm-hmm. entity? We operate as an independent wow. entity. Wow, yep. okay. Yeah, so Peggy... Um, she was experiencing some health challenges herself. Yeah. And her doctor said, you know, you really need to cut back on carbs and, and focus on protein. And if there was anything she knew a lot about, it was eggs. Wow. She's worked for an egg yeah. farm for 30 years. And so she's like, well, eggs are low in carbs and high in protein. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to make a sustained lifestyle change and eat in a different way, I'm going to need some sort of bread or tortilla replacement yeah. to be able to enjoy the foods that I love. And so she's a bit of a savant in the kitchen. She got in the kitchen and started whipping up a whole bunch of products that all used eggs instead of flour. And um, the tortilla wraps that she created were just the first of many products that that she had developed. I feel like I was reading about this, and didn't her kids or her kids' friends were like her yes. test market? Yes, she brought cool. them to like the high school football game, and oh, the, that's perfect. Like, that's the, really smart. The football players yeah. were like, "Mrs. Johns, like." this is amazing. You know, we really like this. Can you make more of these egg wraps? And then she took them to um, the team at Roseacre Farms and they're like, Peggy, you could really change a lot of people's lives with this product. Oh, I love that. Um, and so Enrich they the leaned in. the lives of those we touched. That yeah. was beautiful. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And she, so they leaned in and they said, hey, you know, we're going to, um, we're going to figure out how to make this thing. And so we have our own um, manufacturing facility in Indiana. We self-manufacture okay. everything there. And, and that's big. That yeah. must have been 
the first big step because oh, I yeah. think I also read you guys had commands and that probably led to some of the issues with consumers maybe not being able to find them when you wanted them on the shelf, having control over your own manufacturing. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we've never used commands. We've always self-manufactured, oh, but we cool. don't um, use really any brokers. So we have all the direct relationships okay. with our um, retail partners as well. And so that's helped kind of control the experience um, um, as we've gained distribution too. That's great. And yeah. how important is it, I mean, as you guys look out, to remain independent? Ooh, I mean, we have plans to remain an independent company for the foreseeable future. I mean, yeah. we're you know building and scaling the brand, but yeah, we'll remain Egg Life Foods for for now. Yeah, so, it's big for us. Yeah. We think about that a lot. We are one of the we're the only 100 percent woman owned flavor company in the world, Love which that. is insane. And hopefully, that won't be forever. You yeah. know, but I think we're sought after a lot to be bought, and it's it's a hard road sometimes because it can be very seductive. But our ability to be agile yep. and be independent and not have to deal with bureaucracy is huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to create the culture we want. Yeah. Yeah. So that's particularly true when you're thinking about innovation and supporting your customers' innovation. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so that was why I was very yeah. curious to to yeah, hear. You can take the long view, you know, yeah. I think that's big. Yeah. We've had a lot of employees that have come from big CPGs and or, you know, publicly held companies, and they're always like, oh, this is such a breath of fresh air. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. having to answer to anybody. Yeah. So you both, you know, mentioned the uniqueness of having so many females, you know, in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. How do you think that shapes Edlong? And, like, what's different about the fact that you have a largely female? Well, who was it that team? said just recently, somebody was saying that we hired a man, which really is not that unique, but they're like, wait, you hire men? Yes, we hire men. We we love our men. That's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. I think it makes us more vulnerable, more authentic. Mm -hmm. I do too. Yeah. We we cry a lot. We do. We cry. (laughs) Then we get over it. Yeah. I mean, I I think there's also, there's a higher sort of collaborative quotient. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, Right. Nurture versus nature. Yeah. It's hard to know, but we're definitely yeah. socialized from you know to to be friends and to to work mm-hmm. together and and I think we see that in the company and I think that it has been very beneficial to not just mm-hmm. to the culture but but to the performance of the company. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I ask because when I joined Buffalo Wild Wings, it was one of the key drivers for me joining that company. It was a largely female-led organization, and I'd never worked for a female-led org before. And, and you wouldn't think that with Buffalo Wild yeah. right? I was like, this is a sports bar I led really by women? I really love that. Interesting. Tell me more. Yeah. And um, I found the culture to be highly empathetic. Not that men can't be empathetic, right. but... Um, and I also loved that it just helped shatter the glass ceiling for yeah. all of these employees. Yeah. They're like, if she can be the CEO, like yeah. I yes. can do anything. I can rise through the ranks of this restaurant organization. And we yeah. had tons of you know female restaurant managers and just people that um, the sky was the limit. And yeah. that was- I love really that empathy comment because I do think it's empathy for our customers. Mm-hmm. And even for us, we go customer consumer. Yes. Yeah. And really- oh, yeah. Making our, so we deal with a lot of product development is pretty much mostly our customer and making them shine and solving some really difficult problems, some flavor problem they couldn't solve. That's, and then seeing it on the shelf and succeeding on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We were a part of that. We love that. that. I I think that's amazing. I think the other thing is that Edlong being identified as a great place to work Mm -hmm. year after year has something to do with that because I think, you know, 
when moms work and lead, Mm -hmm. they know what it's like to be in a family and they know the pressure. And still, even today, women take on more of the work. But it makes it a better workplace for moms and dads Mm -hmm. because there's that awareness of the need for dads to be involved and that sort of thing. I think we, you know, I know that I hear and I'm, I'm onboarding right now, so I get to hear it all. I'm doing these meetings with some people, people. tell you stuff. Though, oh, I get to, I hear it all. <laughs> it's yeah, really fun. It. It's yeah. really fun. And but I think those are the things that I hear about when I ask those questions, like what makes it different. Mm-hmm. And and I do think the empathy word we didn't mm-hmm. use that, um, but that is a, a big part of it. It mm-hmm. makes it a better place for everyone. And and I think that there are men who bring that, oh, but totally. I think that. You know, men have traditionally been socialized for things to be more competitive, to mm-hmm. be more driving. We're very competitive set of people. We are, but um, but there is that basis of of empathy and collaboration that that you know. Yeah. I think that should be a yeah. podcast topic. It's the warrior syndrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel I really I have empathy for men <laughs> that <laughs> I do they too. can't. Cry as freely right. as we totally. can. It's not looked at as you know normal, and yeah. man, it's a release. And it's um, also I'm thinking sanctuary. So mm. we just started something called Bonfire. It's brand new for us, yeah. Uh, and I'm really intrigued with it. So it's a leadership or kind of a sanctuary, but for women leaders within mm. Edlong, almost like a you know business development, yeah. you know up. And the concept behind it, we kind of hesitated because we're like, we can't just do something for our women and not our men, yeah. right? But then what sold me on it. I feel that we as women need that sanctuary yeah. to learn how to find our voices, to mm-hmm. learn how to, once you get the seat at the table, what to do with it. Totally. So we ended up signing up for it in its early days, but I'm I'm thinking it's going to be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I think we're already, you know, seeing one of a member of my team is is doing the program and and already feeling like she's getting a lot out of it. So. Good. That's but fine. I do, I, I like this idea of sanctuary, and I do think we have to think about how do we create that for men as well mm-hmm. and give them permission, because yes. it has not been politically well, correct. Well, we did get Lloyd to cry in Tahoe. We, were we very, did. We did we finally so get Lloyd to cry. Yeah. We got him to swear. <laughs> think he had a little tequila? <laughs> He he really rolled with it too. So I, I do think yeah. that we have great men on our yeah. team that really yeah. are supportive. What do you see next? For Ag Life? Yeah. Um, and you and you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we are at like just the precipice of expansive growth. We've doubled our business over the past year and we'll look wow. to do that again Fantastic. next year. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And so just continuing to ride the rocket ship and and just try to stay focused. Yeah. Um, I think the more people we bring into the organization, um, you know, the more we have to double down as a leadership team and really remain focused on our goals and what matters and not get, you know, distracted by a bunch of other things. And yeah, for me it's just continuing to to build and grow my team and help support them however I can and eliminate the obstacles that are in their way to achieve the the success that we we know yeah. we can and see them shine and see them that. shine that's yeah. beautiful I love that how about what's next for us Denise well I I am really excited about you know where we are I think we're really kind of really moving into that sort of second phase growth. Um, and I see our team really kind of coming together and building some skills. You know, as you grow, you sort of go through these various curves. 
and you build what's really necessary. And we've got the hardest working team of people. And we just happen to have offices in these places where people, the cultures are very hardworking. Here in the Midwest, in Ireland, in Mexico, like these really hardworking cultures. And so um, everyone works very hard. I think right now, our real focus is around really expanding our collaborative and capabilities, particularly around innovation and around selling. Mm-hmm. And and thought leadership yeah, in the industry. That is I our love, real core. I love what you're doing with that. She's creating like a consortium mm-hmm. yeah. around plant-based. Yep. Oh, cool. And we and that and that innovative startup group. Yeah. Is really collaborative. They put, you know, starch companies around the table, flavor companies around the table. Yep. And I love your idea on that. So you should, yeah. you should say more about it because I'll. Well, I think that what we're trying to do right now is really, I mean, we have got very, very smart, experienced people in the company. And so really making sure that we're giving voice to that and bringing value to our customers, whether they are working with us right now or not delivering that value. So that's the approach. And we have, I mean, we brought a group of people internally, a cross-functional team internally together. And I said, we need to do, we need to do a, a program in Q4 mm-hmm. while we're building our plan for 2023. Let's talk about where the low-hanging fruit is. And we do have done a because because there are so many flavor challenges in plant-based, we have a lot of experience there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a great opportunity for us. But the team together really came up with this concept. And we've brought together a whole group of partners from all over the industry who are focusing around plant-based. We've got a program happening um, next week, and it'll be available online, um, mm-hmm. you know, when this is uh, goes live. Right. But um, we're just, we're really trying to bring people together to have a dialogue and setting our our team up to really um, make their voices heard and bring their their knowledge Expertise, and thought leadership yeah. to the marketplace. And we're working with Simply B to train our team around how to do amplify that and amplify the brand and and bring themselves there. And I think that to me that really is is key. People connect with people, mm-hmm. not companies. Totally. And stories. That's right. Mm-hmm. I love the that's stories. Right. I mean, you guys yeah. have great stories. Yeah. So that's yeah. really kind of that's really kind of our our core strategy when we're really looking at, you know, mm. I believe if we're adding value in that way and our team is doing that, that that we're yeah. gonna people are gonna come to us because they're getting value whether they're working with us or not. Totally. We hear it's all the time where the best kept secret. You might you might feel that way about egg life sometimes too, just being new in the mm-hmm. market. But we're not new. We're 107 years old, so we shouldn't be the best kept secret anymore. <laughs> we're really trying to get out of that. But it's hard. I mean, there's huge flavor companies in the mm-hmm. world that we compete with. And we just had a, a story recently where one of our customers, the R&D person, was really fighting for us because procurement often will be like, why are we not using the big guys? Right. And that customer was like, because we're getting value yeah. and we're getting solutions that we're not getting from the big guys. Oh, yeah. So, 
Yeah. That's how we'd have to do it. Yeah. Similar, I mean, similarly, we had a very big company that had a requirement for a secondary supplier. And we sat down and pitched and said, this would mean no secondary. And they said, we are not worried about that with you guys. I mean, it's our ability to to be flexible in the way that we manage everything across the company. The on time and full. I mean, with supply chain issues, I'm sure you guys have been dealing with this Mm -hmm. too. I have been so impressed with our supply chain team. Oh, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. I and mean, we hear our competitors charts. are maybe at 50% on time and full. Wow. And we're at 95, 98 still. Yeah. And that's intuitive stuff that I don't even understand. Like, how do you know what to intuitively buy? Because we're, we don't have contracts as such. It's, you know, order. Yeah. So they have to know. And a flavor can have 20 components. I mean, you know, 50. Yeah. it can be. So the fact that they intuitively knew what yep. to for, you know, isn't it amazing? And I think some of that intuition me. was like, you know, tracking what was going on in the park. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah. yeah. But, but they know. Even like, the weather. Yeah. Like yeah. knowing oh, what's yeah. going on, that amazes me. And it's having the contingency plans. Like I am always amazed at our operations team. So our ops team is led by a seasoned veteran. She's got 40 years of experience. And, and a woman in ops. And a woman love in ops. That. Cool. She's badass. She's so badass. I love, I love that. Her. Um <laughs> She will have, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. And that's all about that contingency planning and the scenario risk planning. Management. And we risk know someone like management. that. We do know somebody like that. <laughs> My brain does not, you know, think like that. And I'm very thankful for our yeah. option. Because we have a similar story where we've, I mean, our on-time info is exceptional. That's especially great. Especially as a startup. And when, you know, when as a consumer, you've been walking the aisles and you yeah. see just Bl- empty, empty shelves, you know. Yeah. Go to the gas station and there's no Dr. Pepper or something. Yeah. Like, what it's is crazy. that? That's that because all the Texans are drinking it, just so you know. <laughs> but <laughs> where I, I want to just make sure that I am, where are you? Where can people find yeah. Egg Life Wraps? Yeah, so we're in 11,000 stores across the country. Um, You can okay. find us at Aldi, you can find us at Target, okay. um, you can find us here in Chicago, you can find us at Mariano's, at Jewel, at Whole Foods. Okay. Um, we're also online, we're on Amazon. I think the trick oh, to finding okay. you, like you mentioned earlier, is it's in the refrigerated yes, section. Yes, we're in the refrigerated section. Right, okay. Specifically so, near the okay. eggs or the shredded cheese, right. so we're not that, by the shelf-stable tortillas. Because of course they have to be refrigerated, but I think that's probably one of your tricks in your marketing Toolkit is to get people to that section. Yeah, because yeah. they like the things like, we hear most often from consumers. Number one is brand love, like just uh, profuse brand love, which love is that. wonderful as a marketer. Yeah. The second thing that we hear is, I don't know where to where find are you. you. Where are you? Yeah. And it's both what retailers are you in, but also where are you in store? Yeah. Because um, I think of you as a tortilla, and then you're not in the tortilla set. So how do we get folks to you know go to the eggs or shredded cheese section to find us? That's great. That's yeah. good to know. I mean, I, I, yeah. I did not know about Egg Life until I found out that you were coming on the podcast, and I'm excited about yeah, it. I didn't I know until this yeah. summer with my son. Yeah. yeah. So all of our flavors. So spreading yeah, the word. Flavors. How many? We have five flavors currently. Oh, and wow. what are they maybe for our so listeners? We have original, we have Southwest, we have Italian, everything bagel, Ooh, and ooh that's our fun. new sweet cinnamon. Nice. Nice. So I can see where those would have a lot of great applications. Yeah, make a quesadilla one. Yeah. With some sour cream in it. Oof, so good. All this would be that. really fun to innovate together. I yeah, just think it would, it would be, be awesome. Yeah. I'm yes. very excited about yeah. that. It would be very creative. Yeah. Okay, ladies. I think we're ready for the final question. All right. So we'll start with you, Andrea. Okay. What is the legacy you'd like to leave behind? I think when I think about, you know, my legacy, you know, a lot of 
people talk about, you know, the golden rule of treat others how they want to be treated. And I've, you know, heard the platinum rule of treat others how they want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And when I think about my leadership style, I think I take that and translate it into my leadership style and that I like to lead others the way that they want to be led. Um, Beautiful. And just meeting them where they are and customizing my approach to elevate them remove the obstacles that they have and give them what they need to be successful. That's really beautiful. And I know you said you have one little boy who's mm-hmm. four right now. Yeah. Wait till you have two because <laughs> you will learn <laughs> that it's the same in parenting. You have to parent every child different. Yeah. And it's very much like leadership. So that's yeah. a great example yeah. of really, and it's back to seeing you. Mm-hmm. If I see you, really see you, then I know what you need. Yep. Which takes a lot of energy. Yeah. It does. Presence. Yeah. Beautiful. It does. It yeah. does. Good luck with that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're going to be very, very successful with that. It's funny because I think very similarly, and we were um, asked about this in my previous role, and I have never been, um, you know, there are people who want to make this big difference in the world, and I am definitely in the one person at a mm-hmm. time. And my career has really been my vehicle for that. Um, I mean, I have a family, and that's a whole other story. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast that, you know, kind of late to the family kind of of thing. But for me, it, it really is, I think, doing, you know, what you said, making sure that with the people where I have the opportunity to influence, that I am really being there and being available to them, to coach, to open doors, and sometimes to push them through doors, yes. you know? And and for me, you know, I, I like to say that, you know, the, the best thing that I could imagine would be, you know, a line of people around the block saying, working for Denise was the turning point in my career. Wow. Uh, that is what I would like, just a whole bunch of, Single individual people. Yes, yes. That's I love that. That's a vision, though. You know, it's yeah. like you can literally visualize that, and I think that's very true, Denise. Yeah. I think that's. Well, thank you for saying that. That's very kind. Thank, yes, I think it's going to be that case for me having you at Edlong. Uh, so thank you for saying. Really that. glad to have I'm you. Very, very excited to be here. Your energy is like contagious, and Agreed. and it doesn't <laughs> yeah. stop. We. She makes me work till like 10 p.m. Oh, my oh, God. let's just write a post. <laughs> we can do this. We can do it. Natalie like, is laughing. Okay, we can do it. Do we have champagne? We can okay. get this done. That's the thing. We can get it she done. She likes to just get it I mean, I do, too. It's it's really, it's good. Like, let's just get this off the list because tomorrow's a new day. Okay. Thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed the conversation with both of you. It was a true pleasure. Thanks so much for having us. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. This was fantastic. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Owning Your Legacy. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with others and rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about me and how I am owning my legacy, you can find me on Instagram at Lorette Rondonet and online at LoretteRondonet.com. Until next time. <laughs>